Okay, so welcome back to Lost in the Lockdown as always. Good morning, afternoon or evening, depending on where you are when you're listening. <laughs> um, we're back again and we're getting further and further through season two. Um, I think we've been hyping this one up for a few weeks, actually, <laughs> if I'm honest. The last year, it's probably. Been, I think at the fr- <laughs> probably the last year, yeah. It's been at the front of many a conversation we've had on this podcast. And after we said um, last week we've had a bit of a lull, I guess. A little bit of a mid-season lull where everything's quietened down and won't say not been as good but just a bit steady perhaps not much happening we're finally getting into the back half of the second season and ramping shit up again i guess (laughs) is the best way of putting it (laughs) and i think this one well this episode one of them is i guess within the the fan base rightfully um loved and it's actually a very important episode in the grand scheme of the show. So, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Um, so before we go anywhere, I will hand over to Scott for some trivia. Yeah, uh, so this episode, one of them was directed by the incomparable Stephen Williams. We know Stephen Williams very well in this show now. Um, he's an executive producer, um, written by the Dream Team, Lindelof and Cuse. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm thinking correctly, like haven't they? I think the episodes we've discussed in the last few weeks have been like stinkers, and they've been the writers. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just saying it because it's Lindelof. But um, I'm trying to class. <laughs> I think they're definitely guilty of some of the Charlie ones. Yes, that's yeah. I think oh, it was yeah. yeah. If he wasn't central, it was he was definitely part of it, and it was just a bit yeah. Well, we know. Um, Yes. <laughs> so this aired originally on the 15th of February 2006, which is actually my mum's birthday. And um, yes. Happy birthday, Scott Small. Yeah, yeah. brother. <laughs> uh, it, had, <laughs> it had 18.2 million viewers. Uh, so it's all all in the same region of viewership for the last sort of like month or so on this show for this season. Um, and okay, so I have got I have got a. a, a a, a round of um, well, I'm not. Gonna, it's it's not the same again. I, I am going a bit left field again, but, but please bear with me. <laughs> so um, I'm finding that because we're coming up to like the, the year, I'm running out of rappers, right? <laughs> so I, that's understandable. Yeah. So especially like well-known rappers, and as we established some time ago, with like when I edited the the Warren G one, like you guys might not be have any you know you might have any knowledge of these of these people so i thought okay i'll try and mix up again so i'm gonna send you both three pictures right mm-hmm. and i'll explain i'll explain the game and i'll try and be very quick on this because i know um i don't spend too much time obviously but i just wanted to do this because it was just came to my brain and i thought i'll, I'll just i'll just throw this in there but anyway right i'm sending you three pictures now okay oh. okay uh, oh wow! Oh wow! Okay. Right. Okay. So, for the benefit of the listener, I've sent Tom and Jonathan three pictures of 
young ladies <laughs> wearing <laughs> wearing uh, 1920s style flapper dresses. Mm-hmm. So the quiz this week is how much is that flapper girl costume? <laughs> <laughs> so so it's not in, it's not it's not specifically how much is that flapper girl dress. It's which one is the most expensive? So, okay, you guys can choose uh, okay. A, B, or C. Which one you think is the most expensive? And I'll just explain quickly how they look, just for the benefit of listener. So, A, we've got a young blonde lady wearing a scarlet and black uh, sequined style flapper dress, and she has a little um, smoking uh, what do you call it? Smoking stick thing? Uh, what? Yeah, it's where they put the cigarette. Like to make it obnoxiously long. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it was the start of the time, and she's wearing a, a little uh, a little black headband with um, some feathers, some artificial feathers poking <laughs> at the top. Uh, B <laughs> is a classic uh, frilled uh, black flapper dress, and this comes complete with gloves, uh, long gloves. Uh, and again, she has that big old fat smoking stickers running around. And C is a uh, very um, how to describe it. Uh, it's it's a little more um, modern-y. It's, it's frilly again. It's silver. It's a frilly-style flapper dress. And the young lady also has a matching headband and artificial feather attached. And she looks very happy with herself as well. So... Uh, this okay. one's more tassel-y. This one's got tassels, I guess. I was going to say C. So when it's obviously when you decide which one you think is most expensive, I'll run through the prices as well, just for. Uh... I mean, I'm going with my gut and saying C. I, yeah, I think so. I think because C to me is sort of the most recognizable, like the most classic look. Whenever somebody says something like that to me, so I'm gonna go with C. Yeah, it's very, it's it's very Gatsby. <laughs> okay, so I'm running down from A to C the prices. So A, which is the scarlet and red. Uh, a sequined number that is uh, in pounds that is as of today which is the 21st of January 50 pounds 11 pence Ooh. so quite pricey these are borrowed these are fancy dress costumes these are not like old like uh, vintage style which have been restored or repaired or whatever these are just generic fancy dress costumes B is the the little black number the classic black number and that is £80.35. Oh! So, so the more classic, the more it's gone up. And um, C was £24.99. So B was the highest price. (laughs) Shit! (laughs) Well, it looked authentic to me. So so. that... (laughs) <laughs> I thought they all they all are pretty good. I mean, I went for yeah. a, like a few. I mean, I know it sounds really weird looking for these dresses, but <laughs> they they looked apart and a lot of good, good reviews as well. I'm like, okay, if anyone needs a flapper dress, I'll just direct them to this these Amazon stores. But they, they're great. Oh well, keep them coming. They're good. <laughs> I liked that. I very much liked that. Oh, thank you, Scott. Um, John, guest stars this week. I must admit, I forgot a few in this. <laughs> Um, well, we have we have a couple. Um, one who becomes much, much more than a guest star, and uh, one who is in this episode and one towards the end of the season as well. 
Uh, and that one is Clancy Brown, the very recognisable voice of Clancy Brown. Uh, he, he's an actor that's oh, been yeah. in a yeah, it's been in a whole lot of things, but the 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 uh, the movies that I know him from most are uh, the Shawshank Redemption and uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> uh, he plays yes. the the drill sergeant in Starship Troopers, doesn't he? Uh, like, uh, yeah, I think so. The, 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 Sergeant chucks, Zim. I, yeah, that, that that sounds familiar. Like he he throws the knife at um, Jake Busey's hand. <laughs> Medic. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's in that, but he's also I'm just going through his IMDb. Like he is a incredibly prolific voice actor. It, like in more or less anything that you that you have yeah. that, that you can think of, you know. Uh, as, as a kid, I know him specifically from one thing, but I'm sure you're going to mention it. Is it Biker Mice from Mars? No, it was actually Dr. Cortex from Crash. Oh, really? Was he? <laughs> I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, he's Dr. Okay. Cortex. Yeah, he's, ne- he's Neo Cortex. Oh, wow. I was going to say uh, Highlander. Oh, God, he's in Highlander as well, isn't he? <laughs> he's, the, he's your main baddie, isn't he? I think. I think so. Wasn't it? And I'm pretty sure he's Lex Luthor in a voice form for quite a lot of things. He was. He was. He's been in a whole lot of um, DC animated stuff. Uh, But you're right. Mm. He is in. He is in uh, the Superman the animated series uh, as Lex Luthor. Uh, He's also in the Men in Black series, the Godzilla series that we mentioned uh, maybe last week or a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) It's a lot of fish. Uh, isn't everything that there's a Green Lantern he does voices for the Avengers and he's also um, does a lot of voices in video games uh, most recently he was in the uh, Detroit Become Human I don't know if anybody's played that but he was he oh, was yeah, in that, I played and, that. He, and he did like the oh yeah the, the mocap and all for him so you can you can see his face basically it is him in the game uh, but yeah. oh yeah 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 I like that game I really enjoyed that. yeah I love that game too. I did I did it was good. Oh uh, wow! Yeah, he's, he's been in loads. I mean, I know him recently from um, "Promising Young Woman." Um, oh okay. And so I was just really surprised when he popped up on my screen when I was rewatching this. I was like, I don't <laughs> remember him being in this. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, but also, um, in the hopefully good, but who knows, uh, series revival of Dexter, he's going to be in that as well. Uh, it was just announced. Oh there. really? Yeah, a few a few days ago, I think that he's going to be. The uh, the main antagonist in the the new. I was series about to say, is he going to be the baddie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got the build. He's okay. got the voice. Okay, that's that that mm, that might interest me to watch it more than I was initially. <laughs> yeah, he has okay. he has been kind of typecast in these military roles, even though he's very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also plays the uh, like the superior of. Um, uh, uh, Frank Castle in the Punisher series on Netflix. He's in that for like a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then Frank Frank brutally murders him, and then becomes a Punisher. It's really weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's good in that. But he he does seem to fall into that kind of. Uh, he, he's like he's he's like um. He's not like a classic baddie. Yeah. But he's he's like you you always can you get that sense of something's not on the level with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he can do some dodgy shit. He's got a very sort of classic, sort of sneaky way about his voice, manipulative as well. But yeah, it's cool. And, and uh, also, there is some, there is something else that he is famous for, but we haven't mentioned it, and I don't know if anyone knows it. Again, me as a kid, he's Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. Fuck, 
He is, isn't he? And it's, it's Mr. And it's Krabs. Not ob- I didn't know it, but it's so obvious now, li- <laughs> listening back, what in my head. Gar, Spongebob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spongebob. Yeah, Mr. Krabs. Oh, wow. He does everything, this guy. I love him. <laughs> I'm just reading it myself now. He was in... Um, he's been in loads of the Transformers series, by the looks of it. Um, I kind of take it back. I, he's not really typecast, is he, at all? <laughs> he's, get, he's just done so a this few is, military roles. But. This is something that I think we've all watched, or I am currently watching, but he's he voices Maul's brother, Savage, in uh, Clone Wars. Oh, I didn't know that. No. Oh, yep. yeah. Um, yeah, he's, he's, done, he's done a ton of stuff. He's one of the uh, he's one of the dra- crystallized dragons in Spyro as well that you have to rescue. I probably <laughs> didn't say which one, but he's in that. <laughs> but then, but then he jumps to Saints Row, <laughs> which is a bit, which is quite a fun game. Oh man, he's done everything. Yeah, like the, oh, the, just hang on, Me- brainwave. I just remembered who he plays in the uh, Become Human, like Detroit. He's the drunk detective, isn't he? Just remember That's now. right. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He's really good in that. Sorry. <laughs> just, just literally just came to me. Ed, trying to think who he was in that game. He's one of those consistent guys. Like he's all. You'll always like him in the. Well, definitely not Shawshank. He's evil in that. But you know what I mean. He's <laughs> he's, he's, he's good for his money. He must be so like. He must be so like sought after. Well, well he is. But he, like in terms of earnings, he must be pretty high up there for like TV actors. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would, I would imagine so. Like I don't know what um, voice actors are paid, but if he's if you're doing that much, I'm sure he's 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 quite well, <laughs> he's quite well off. You know, if he's in such surely, high demand, it's quite rare, surely as well, because he's not only got he's he's in both DC and Marvel, yeah, you know, projects. <laughs> so that's that's pretty rare, isn't it? Really, you know. Yeah, yeah it's all contracted, isn't it? Yeah, mm. you're locked down for six years to one particular. You know, IP or franchise, or whatever. But yeah, it's hmm. very prolific, very um, diverse, I guess. In terms of his, yeah. in terms of animation work, is yeah, everything, anything you can get. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. And, and is just there anyone sorry, else? <laughs> uh, there's one more person, and we'll we'll probably get onto him as the the series progresses. But uh, this is the first episode in which Michael Emerson appears uh, here as Henry Gale, but obviously he is. He is Ben, uh, Benjamin Linus, for the the majority of the series. Uh, and again, he's an actor that wasn't in a huge amount of things before Lost. Um, nothing that I really recognise. Um, the only thing, well, the X-Files, but everybody's in the X-Files. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he was also, the, um, I guess, the, the decoy antagonist in the first Saw film. Uh, he oh, correct. Yeah, yes, he, he was. He was like an, an orderly in the hospital or something. Yeah, he was one of Jigsaw's minions, if I remember right, and yeah. he's the one who initially kidnaps Carrie Owl's wife and kid. I think. Yes, I believe that's right. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yes, uh, I think that's that's who he is. Zep, according to his IMDb. Yes. Uh, but yes. yeah, yeah, and then uh, that was two thousand two, I think. Uh, was was saw and then mm-hmm. obviously he gets the the last job uh, 2006 no, uh, 2000 f- i think it was actually 2004 when loss would have started oh. around about that time it kicked off oh, okay okay uh and then he gets the uh the regular gig on lost which i think we've mm-hmm. we mentioned last week you know it wasn't the plan he was only meant to come in for 
maybe two or three episodes, but he stuck around until yeah. the final episode. Uh, spoilers, but uh, he's. So I will say, <laughs> <laughs> I will say as part of my production, my production notes that I've got, I'll bring him in now because it's oh, it's only about Michael Emerson, but he um so the the producers liked his work on a show called the practice which i'm assuming is like a legal it's a legal drama mm-hmm. um but he won he actually won an emmy award for his guest appearance in that and no surprise he's a serial killer in it um <laughs> and they liked his work on that so they wanted him for henry gale and uh he was actually as john's just said he was only originally contracted for just 3 episodes um, then they later made him five episodes, and then they were like, "Oh, let's just keep him." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's mad. So, like, like just I, I guess the the nature of how television is written, I guess. But yeah, that's that's amazing. Like, imagine going in thinking you were going to have a couple of weeks' work, and then you have like this next five years or whatever yeah. of, of solid. And and at that time as well, arguably on the biggest show in the world. Yeah, you know, you think, exactly. oh, yeah, you get to tell you get to tell your family, oh shit, I'm going to be on loss for like you know three or four episodes. It's yeah. a good month and a half's worth of work. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, they want me as a regular for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're all going to have to move to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, so he was just, talk- oh, sorry, go ahead. On the side, just just don't drive when you're there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that the curse of the alcoholic. Uh, the alcoholic drivers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, after his his um, stint on Lost, he pretty much went straight into another series in which he was a, a regular um, person of interest. Which people keep telling me I should watch, and I never have. But apparently, it's very good. Same, I never have either. I never have. But uh, he was he was uh, a series regular in that from start to finish, and I believe was a good guy. <laughs> I don't know. For, I don't know for certain. But. Jim Caviezel puts me off. He's oh, that's he's in very that. okay. strange. Yeah, he's. If I, I think it's him, but I don't know. He's just very strange. <laughs> he's a very strange individual and puts me off. But who's behind that's... that show? Was that another Lindelof show? Uh, oh no! Uh, just looking out here, it's uh, Jonathan Nolan. So uh, oh, he's also it. he's also behind Westworld. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's difficult yeah. now yeah, for maybe, me to go and watch a series of maybe, yeah, because maybe I won't watch it now. Yeah. I feel tainted. <laughs> Westworld very much got in the bin very quickly. <laughs> oh dear. Ugh. Oh, uh, and actually, JJ's involved, of course. <laughs> JJ's involved in everything. <laughs> um, and recently, uh, after that series ended, he was in Arrow. For a couple of episodes, he was. He was. Oh. Yes. Um, and oh. also, he he did the voice of the Joker in an animated Batman, which I cannot, for the life of me, see how he did. But all right, he's got like oh, a. Oh really? Oh. Wait, 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 which one? Because I can a, totally imagine him doing Joker. I don't know. It, it says uh, Batman: The Dark Knight Returns, so must be an adaptation of. of of the uh, oh shit. the Frank Miller. Yeah, that's the two part. I th- is that is that the two part one? It is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's really weird. That's all, yeah, but it's awesome. If I remember, I think I. Really I mean, I mean, that. I meant Joker in that like the way his voice is very. It's it's obviously not 
Mark Hamill or who else no. has done it? Like uh, Troy Baker. It's it's not that kind of style, is it? It's very more menacing no. and uh, okay. you know. Uh, it's very it's very Ben Linus, like really yeah. menacing, ben, <laughs> but it works. It works. It's okay. subtle. Yeah. Subtle menace. All right, yeah, I'll give, that, I'll give that a look. If I can find it, I'll, I'll give that a look. It is quite good. It's a good adaptation. It's, it's pretty faithful mm. and voice acting is pretty strong. Okay. Hell yeah. Awesome. It's not the killing joke. Oh God, which no. was horrible. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, let's. No, I'm not talking about that. I was, I was made very angry after watching the killing joke. <laughs> let's just add a 30 minute prologue for no reason, and oh, yeah, no. Batgirl. Oh, I'm getting mad again. We need to talk about this episode now. Right. <laughs> so, um, there was just an, there was a one more guest star that I noticed, or I don't know if he was even in the notes, but Theo Rossi. Uh, for anyone who's a Sons of Anarchy fan, um, he's one of the army. He's one of the soldiers in the American army at the start of this episode. I oh, recognised okay. his voice, and then he took his helmet off. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh, okay. He's one oh, of the okay. main cast members throughout the whole of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay, very good. Ah, an early role for for this guy, I presume. I'd imagine so. Yeah. Yeah. I'd imagine so. Right. I'm not familiar with the show, but yeah, that's cool. I'd, I mean, I'd recommend it. It's a very, it's basically Hamlet <laughs> with bikers, <laughs> and Ron Perlman's in it. So <laughs> take that how you will. It's interesting, and Walton Goggins turns up as a transgender woman many, many times randomly. Okay. So if that doesn't sell it, <laughs> I wasn't I don't expecting know what that. Well. Oh well. No, no, oh no, no, neither was I. <laughs> but he's brilliant in it. Oh, he does everything. He's a bit like Clancy Brown. He'll do all. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you very much, chaps. Let's get into it. So, as we said at the start, this is a pretty well. It t- in, I guess, in retrospect, it, it is a highly important episode in the mythology of the show. Um, and it's definitely Lindelof and Coos, um I guess, broadening the spectrum of the show even further. Um, so, this is a, primarily a Saeed episode, and I think I think on this podcast we've definitely <laughs> dug into Saeed a lot. Not because of Naveen Andrews, who is fam- fabulous. It's mainly just because of how he's written, and obviously by she who will not be named, being involved with. Um, <laughs> his character that has just kind of diluted him to almost absolutely nothing. So mm. this is really the return of Saeed, I want to say. Um, mm. The redemption. And, uh, 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 yeah, a redemption of sorts, and actually uses that incident very subtly and actually makes it work in the context of this. Yes, 100%. I don't know if you yeah. felt... I didn't know if you felt that as well. It's like it's like yeah, you sat there and you think this is how you should have used it from the very beginning, but you never chose to do this. I don't know why. We'll get to it though when we get to it, and it's a very specific moment mm-hmm. in the episode. So, in terms of the flashbacks, I think there's only two of them actually. Oh no, there might be three. Sorry, <laughs> I've only just watched <laughs> and I've already forgot. But it, again, it, it it's it's actually a bit more of a broadening of what we know, unlike the last couple of episodes where it's just i guess treading eggshells on what we already do now so i think it's it's set uh, in saeed's time 
in the uh, Republican Guard in Iraq. And the opening of the episode is uh, Saeed and his squadron burning lots of documents. Through, and the, they're obviously being bombed wherever they are. Um, the Americans end up coming in. Uh, some are resisting and Saeed commands them to stop because his commanding officer is chickening out, I think, is mm-hmm. the best way of putting it. Um, <laughs> and they realise then he um, he can speak English. And they think, oh, we, we can use him here in some respect. Now, I don't know if anyone noticed the significance of one of the soldiers as well. Oh, yes. Did anyone? Uh, John? It was Mr. Austin, was it? Oh, yes. It was Mr. Austin. Yes. Crew cut man <laughs> from X-Files, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Austin, who is Kate's yes. stepdad. <laughs> well, do, uh, you know, is he? Because we don't oh, know. Yeah. We can't even... We don't know, do we? No, we, <laughs> we don't know. We don't. We don't. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> he is a father show, figure. Yeah. <laughs> of some description <laughs> to Kate. <laughs> of, so, of some description. He... he Basically, he. This is your uh, one of your Easter eggs for the episode, and I must admit, um, I definitely missed it until I was writing up some notes for this, <laughs> and I thought, oh yeah. So there you go. So yeah, it's just, I think it's meant to be during the Allied invasion of Iraq. So it's basically the Gulf War. Is when the nineties. Yeah, ninety one was it? Ninety two. Yeah, between ninety and ninety one, I'd say. Yeah, some round up. Region. So we're set, we're, we've got a time and a place of the Gulf War, and we know that you know Saeed can speak. They know now that Saeed can speak English as a translator. Where he's held captive by the Americans, and they find his commanding officer. Is it Tariq? Yes, Tariq. Tariq. He's called yeah. Tariq. Tariq, yeah, that's it. Um, who? Uh, so, uh, Sergeant Austin, or. We'll just call him Austin for this purpose. <laughs> Kate's Kate's sort of father asks him <laughs> to act as a translator um, and get Tariq to reveal the location. I think I think he's meant to be of a a, a pilot, an American pilot who's mm-hmm. been held captive. Um, so conversing in their own language, the CEO, Saeed's CEO, orders him to you know grab the gun and shoot as many people as he can before he gets <laughs> killed so knowing it's a suicide thing he just says let's yeah. just go out in a blaze of glory Said says no and then I think he basically calls him more or less a traitor and a, a wuss for not <laughs> doing anything about it um, I quite liked these sequences if I'm honest um, I think you, you see a lot of doubt in Said, don't you yeah, it's played out like he's he's uh, at war with himself. Um, is it this part where um, uh, Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, asks him, uh, "Does he know the location? Does he know the location of the rebel base or whatever it is?" And Saeed's Saeed says he doesn't know. Um, yeah, he's yeah. Don't have any of it, are they? They're they're trying to force a confession out of this guy but he he's not saying anything i don't know if it's because if he genuinely doesn't know or he's just not saying because he wants to be a martyr i don't know but um yes yeah, at this point where 
Saeed's the the um, the origin of Saeed Jarrah begins. Uh, well, when we right say the here. origin, we we mean the the the, the Dodra Saeed. Yes. Did anyone else think it was how, how just? I don't condone anything he did in this episode or just torture in general, but how fucking badass is Naveen Andrews in this episode? <laughs> very good. <laughs> it just, part of me was like, oh my God, he's cool again. Yeah. Funny, like, yeah. <laughs> Even though he's I doing think, the yeah. worst no, things. No, I just, like, we're, you're talking about um, the, the performance as uh, the, the Joker by Michael Emerson, you know. It's, he's very softly spoken, which makes, obviously, his, his actions a little bit more chilling. Um, because it, it, whenever he goes to Tariq and he um, he shows him the box full of tools, uh, you know, he doesn't he doesn't ha- yeah. he doesn't have to raise his voice. <laughs> he doesn't have to you know be stereotypically scary to be scary, um, which is which he's very good at. Uh, again, uh, later in the episode as well. But uh, yeah, as you say, the origins of Said the. The torture are pretty pretty well laid bare here. Yeah, most definitely. And this is where our boy Clancy turns up. Incidentally, I will say, and without trying to go too far ahead, he's actually also another character who does make a return yes. at some point. Um, he's a, actually quite an important character in mm-hmm. the mythology of Lost. Um, obviously, we'll get to that, but for this purpose, he is... Kelvin Inman. Um, D- it says he's a DIA agent. What's that? DIA. Oh, Defense Intelligence oh, okay. Agency. Okay. I wasn't aware of that. But he more or less straight up. I guess he kind of coaxes Saeed into torturing him because Saeed refuses to, but then Kelvin shows him the video of basically Saeed's family and village being gassed mm-hmm. by Tariq. Well, Tariq's soldiers. Um. You know, very harrowing. <laughs> I was quite surprised. I was surprised. Obviously, you don't you don't see the, those things, but I was surprised how dark yeah it got very quick. I d- I didn't know how necessarily how they were going to use the these uh, flashbacks, but yeah, it got dark very quick. But it was used in the right mm-hmm. way. But also, it gives it gives Saeed that. Um... It, it brings him to that point where he, he can do what he does to Tariq because if he's done it to his own village, to his own people, or yeah. to Saeed's people, it, it gives him more motivation. And in his in his warped sense, uh, some justification, he's not doing it mm-hmm. because of, you know, it's he's just been forced to. Like, he's actually seen this guy's done terrible things to his own people. So he's like, right, okay, yeah. I'm going to get some measure of revenge, <laughs> basically. Exactly. I actually think it's quite it's interesting. I don't know if anyone picked up on this as well, but as he en- en- enters and leaves the the room to torture Tariq, it, how he, how he's holding the box, it's almost like it's not like he's hugging it, but it's almost like he's just resigned to, you know, it, it's not the look of a torturer basically, someone who's not he's not confident in his abilities to do what he's about to do. He's just very resigned to having to do it. I don't know. It was just he has to have his tools. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tools. But, I have to have my tools. <laughs> but like you said, John, I think you're right in how he starts laying out all the little items. It's 
sometimes silence is scarier than a, a noise and it's just very methodical in how he takes out the knife and the pliers yeah. and things like that and you don't need to really know any more than that to think oh god that's gonna yeah work. absolutely i mean again <laughs> I, th- I think it's unfortunate for the the saggy episodes you know we come back to um the fact that this was the era of 24 uh you know where where torture was used yes uh pretty liberally uh, about the series and uh like again i think it is unfortunate and maybe uh unavoidable in in the climate which lost came out to not make saeed the character that he is but i don't think like because we've grown to like him there's no point in showing us what he does um because we know he's repentant for it, um, it but yeah, it's exactly. I think it's a clever decision to not show us, um, and obviously it leaves us to the imagination, which is always worse. But yeah, we we still want to to see Said as this sort of heroic character, so we don't need the we don't need the uh, the nitty gritty of it all. No. I think, and I think as well, especially in a lot of the other flashbacks, it's almost like it, it, it's not necessarily his decision to be involved in this war, for, by all accounts and how it's been written. It, it's not one he he chose to do. It's kind of like he fell into it or he was made to do it. It's not something he actively mm-hmm. wants to do. It's not in his person to do it. Because obviously he we've said, seen him. He said, Sorry, go on. Yeah. I was just going to say, he does say, like, in the episode, he does recount, he says, um, in a flashback, in the last flashback, he says he, mm-hmm. he was a good man. So he, yeah. so this is highly, this is something that he did out of going to the, you know, he was at the end of his tether, end of his rope, and you know, it wasn't something that he did willingly by any count. So, um, and yeah. I think we we see more of the man he was on the island. You know, the side that we know is probably the side that mm. was there before the war. Yeah. Exactly. So he's done with torturing Tariq and he's succeeded in his in getting um the information for Kelvin. That being, you know, they executed this pilot um so many days ago and he's buried. I think he says four kilometers and I can, away and I can take you to his body. Um after this the Americans release him I guess as like a good deed almost um <laughs> the americans are pulling out of iraq i guess the gulf war is coming to an end and um kelvin you know offers him a, a goodbye of sorts um not before i might add that kate's whatever dad asks i do you have a wife and kids <laughs> which i thought was quite funny um he shakes his head at that um and it shows you him looking at a photo of what I'm assuming is meant to be Kate as yeah. a young yeah. girl. <laughs> so, again, I was like, ah, Lindor laugh, nice one. <laughs> he's, there, he's there with the whiteboard <laughs> and the strings and putting photos across the strings and tying it all. How can I make this episode tie into a totally other another character? <laughs> it's quite it's quite good, though, um, because obviously... This this isn't it one is, that fails out of left field. You know, we know that Kate's dad, or not, um, is is in the military. So it's it's 
<laughs> it's a massive coincidence, but it's not outside the realms of possibility. So you know, the, you kind of yeah, you can no, uh, you can suspend your uh, your your disbelief just because yeah. it's a cool little Easter egg. Yeah, I think um, this last section though, where Kelvin's speaking with Saeed is one of those uh, moments where that kind of makes or breaks the flashbacks. So I think we've definitely had a few weeks where the flashbacks don't always lend themselves to the on-island events that well. They just seem to come and go. It doesn't really extend... It's not really an extension of the story. They're just there to break the episode up. But in this section, this is Kelvin telling Saeed that what he has done, despite, you know him not wanting to do it there will come a time when he needs information from somebody and now he's got the means to get it and i was like <laughs> boom that is good bit of writing <laughs> the side vows that you never do it again and then kelvin's exactly. just like just like like you know he like shrugs and just kind of laughs it off like silently but you will <laughs> not to mention as well the mic drop moment where clancy brown speaks fluent arabic oh, and yeah. says like whoa <laughs> That's awesome. Like, it is. It's a shame that we didn't get more from Kelvin, uh, you know, before we see him again, because it would be interesting to see, you know, how, you know, I mean, that because he's in intelligence, I guess it kind of makes sense, but still, it's very, very unusual to see that in, you know, on a TV show, let alone real life. So, I would like to see more from him and his in his backstory and how he got yeah. to the army, and that would have been interesting. Also, he's just a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> the sunglasses, you know. You can almost imagine him in CSI, like, what's his face who takes <laughs> the glasses off all the time? Oh, no, Caruso, yeah. <laughs> Caruso, that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like you say, Scott, he vows to never torture again, and we know he's tortured um, Sawyer. Um, and now he's about to, you know, as we get to the On Island events, do something that he promised he'd never do. And maybe enjoy it? I don't know what I don't know where we sit with that, but let's go. I, let's do on island. But go on, yes. Scott. What were you going to say? No, just I mean, yeah, we'll go into it. But I think just as a as a precursor to that, what you said, um, I think he definitely feels some kind of what's the word for it? There's like a certain re- relief for him because he wanted to take that out on Anna Lucia after mm. what happened to Shannon, and he couldn't. He kind of held it in, and he's kind of been—it's been bubbling away for the last like, few episodes. So I think this is where he lets it out. He does it in conversation as well as his physical actions. I was going to yeah. say there's some really good synchronicity with Locke and Saeed in this episode, and Jack. To be fair, yeah. Um, I think. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it because I've got a lot to say if I can remember it all. So, um, so on the island. Um, Anna Lucia uh, immediately put me on edge this because Anna Lucia is the one who comes to Saeed um, and says some some things in the jungle I was like oh no <laughs> don't do that <laughs> you've just killed she who shall not be named she who shall not be named of all the people to come and ask Saeed to come into the jungle with him I was like no don't do that <laughs> um, but she sees someone in the jungle and Saeed's like, I'll deal with this, because he quite clearly, and I think the audience as well, uh, know that it's uh, Russo, who uh, explains that she was looking for him, specifically. And she does her usual elusive Frenchness, where she's like, 
follow me and he's like but why <laughs> <laughs> no just follow me a bit further <laughs> um i think he said makes a comment about how the last time you know you were here and we you told us something bad was going to happen you kidnapped a baby <laughs> <laughs> so why so why would i trust you <laughs> which is a fair comment and uh, um so she gives him her rifle as a symbol of trust. Yeah. Um, and then she takes he him checks it to. As well. <laughs> he does. He does check it because the last time I think she gave him a, he got a pistol, didn't he? And it wasn't loaded. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay. So he's checking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she takes him to. Well, just before we get to the man who's been captured. I thought it was quite funny. Uh, she just goes to the, like the the bottom of a tree and retrieves an arrow, a bow and arrow, and he's like, "What do we need that for, Danielle?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's, and then you hear um, Henry Gale shouting, and it's kind of one of those silent moments where characters look at one another as if to say, "It's over there. What? Why I need this?" <laughs> um, and then the. I must say, out of all the episodes we've watched so far, this is the episode where the title is said the most, I think. One of them. <laughs> so many characters say that throughout this episode. So we get Danielle tells Saeed not to let him go. He's begging for his life. Um, he identifies himself as Henry Gale from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and he completely ignores what Danielle says, frees him. And then... <laughs> Danielle absolutely owns him with a uh, an arrow in the back, and not just an arrow in the back from a crossbow. I mean, normally I'd, instant death. I it's brutal. <laughs> Poor Henry Gale he just <laughs> tries to run away, and obviously that they they say not to, and then I mean, mm. I would I mean Henry Ben, he clearly sees that Danielle has a crossbow, so. Why yeah. would you run? And so he's got a gun as well. Like, don't run. <laughs> Just yeah. don't run in any circumstance. I always love it though when character um, films, TV do this, where, and it's so obvious that they're going to do it. But you know, Saeed points out that she basically nearly killed him, and she goes, <laughs> "If I wanted that, I would have yeah. killed him." <laughs> oh yeah, she does. <laughs> and you so see, you're like, oh, so it's merely a, a, a flesh wound, <laughs> even though he's he's been. <laughs> Impaled by a giant arrow, it's merely a flesh wound. He'll be fine. Okay. Tis a scratch. And she says something like, "She's like, yeah, it is but a scratch." She's like, "Take him to your doctor." <laughs> well, at least, um, at least with Ben, you know, <laughs> the series uh, starts as it means to go on with him. Because of all the characters on this show, Ben gets the shit kicked out of him so much. <laughs> he really does. Like in his he first really two does. minutes, he gets an arrow through the chest. But- <laughs> Let's think a bit. So he's had an arrow through the chest, and as we get into this, uh, further into this episode, he gets brutally beaten <laughs> yeah. to a pulp with, with bare hands. And that's not like you say, that's not the first time that happens. Certainly not. But uh... <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Poor dude. But then this is where the episode really starts to ramp up. So I guess from an audience perspective, and trying not to bring hindsight into this, we've confronted with another situation where you know we're in the back end of the second season and we've got a new character who we don't know now 
the lo where the loyalties lie obviously comes back into play because we've had the tailies in the first part of this season and it was a case of do we trust them do we not they've very much come together now and the core group is the core group again um we know russo is a bit strange but she's she's you know to be trusted to an extent she's not going to do anything bad um and as far as we know we've never met the others so it's a really interesting place to bring him in henry gale or ben should we say but it's a really interesting time and place to bring him into the fold and one that i think really works well um so saeed brings henry gale to the hatch and locks like oh hello <laughs> <laughs> who's this <laughs> um and he claims that him and his wife uh, this always makes me laugh every time i've watched it but that they were in a hot air balloon trying to cross the atlantic yeah. not the Atlantic. was it pacific sorry pacific pacific yeah 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 and they've been there yeah. for four months it, i mean it is a, a very right. strange um cover story uh but like it it's it's to the episode's credit and it's to um michael emerson's credit that it's really convincing um like he's very good at the the panicky parts of it the grief parts of it um I, I just think again I, I know with with the benefit of hindsight we know that he is lying but um the episode does really well in, in just making you think that Saeed's gone off the deep end uh and, and the, the, the story that that yeah. um yeah. Ben tells is just so convincing um like I think the episode was meant to make you think He's well an answer yeah, for exactly everything. and obviously that's that's Ben um down to a T really uh but yeah as you say, it is a very um, a very odd cover story, but one that isn't entirely um, fictitious, if I remember correctly. Oh, well, yeah, well I mean, Ben's lying no, completely, but there is a... There's, yes, 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 there is a... I think it's in the episodes to come, but, you know, there is some truth to it, definitely, yeah. just not via him <laughs> yeah basically um oh I don't basically this. yeah yeah there there there, there is know? a balloon on the island okay can you give me a name and as the a clue what of the balloon <laughs> well, who it ties to directly is it, to, is it oh no 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 to uh, it, it belongs to something um, called henry gale as far as i'm aware doesn't it oh yeah, yeah, yeah sorry uh, i've got it i've got hen it I've got henry it, yeah. uh, Yep, Henry Gale is a real yeah. person. It's just how Ben's oh, yeah, decided yeah, yeah. to use the, the yeah. use the person and the story, which oh, just yeah. makes him I more of a genius. It's the grave, really. isn't it? It's the grave, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, yeah, people. We will uh, <laughs> talk about it when it comes to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's brilliant. Now it is. It's so clever. But so during this little moment where. I must admit, none of the main characters seem to really care that he's got an eye <laughs> in his shoulder. Locks just like, who is this dude? Why is yeah. it? Why is he in my just ask, asking him all the Sai's questions. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then Jack walks in. He's like, what <laughs> yeah. the hell, guys? <laughs> and and nothing really changes after that. You know, Locks still like, oh, there's a guy with an arrow in his shoulder, and we don't really know who he is. Um, Sai's just like, don't untie him. Whatever you do. Um, now, admittedly, even though he he is lying, he is clearly in shock and 
he's running a fever. I think he's quite shivery because of said arrow through his shoulder. Um, <laughs> and there is quite a gruesome but very good part of Jack removing mm. the yeah. arrow. Um, and a good a good bit of um, which Chekhov's I'm... gun as well, because he's doing it with the the pliers. Mm. That that correct. That go missing. I never thought about that. <laughs> I never thought about that. Yes, they do. A good use of that. Um, I always think that removing an arrow must be one of the <laughs> most painful things ever. It, it, Yeah. I just can't imagine <laughs> that. I don't want to. I've had a dart thrown at me, hit my arm. So I guess it's Oof. kind of like that, but times a thousand. I've, I stupidly did that once at uni where I was like, yeah, I put my hand on a dartboard. I was like, yeah, oh, get it no. in between my fingers. <laughs> this'll, this, this'll work. <laughs> Spoiler, it didn't. Um, but I didn't really feel it, so that's another story. Vodka's <laughs> well, um, a wonderful thing. So, uh, yes, corp vodka <laughs> is a wonderful thing. For the Sheffield <laughs> listeners, if there are any, you will understand. Um, paint stripper. It's not vodka. Um, so whilst all this is happening, Jack's tending to Henry Gale's wounds. Uh, there's a bit of a mutiny happening, <laughs> shall we say, with uh, Saeed requesting Locke to change the combination in the armory. And I think this is... This is the start of where I feel like they're using the Shannon storyline to their benefit rather than the detriment. Yeah, yeah. Say, it's looking for somebody because to blame, basically. Uh. Exactly, and and Locke notices yeah. that, but I think, and he, I think he says something along the lines of lines of that. You know, if you're looking for someone to blame or take mm-hmm. take it out on, now might not be oh, the best. So I don't time. remember that. Okay, I was gonna, I was gonna um, just ask why Locke is going along with it. Um, but obviously he's he voices his concerns. But I mean, Said is adamant that he is one of these people. I guess so. He's not going to be swayed. Yeah, I think Locks. T- no, he's not. And I think Locks doing his usual shtick where he, he sees he sees the good in both sides of the story almost. Like he knows that. Uh, I think he says at one point, you know, Jack, in his always in the lovers tiff mm-hmm. that is Jack and Locke. You know, Jack. Jack states, you know, what if he's not one of them? And what just says, <laughs> yeah. what if he I, is? Like that. Like <laughs> when, you, yeah. When you <laughs> think about it, like back. <laughs> it, it, like makes no sense, but it makes perfect sense at the same time. It's not an argument for or against, but it, it works. Does. Um, it does. Yeah. No. Uh, there's no. Does. There's no comeback to it. I don't know if you. It, no. No. And I don't know if you guys noticed it as well, but so. Uh, not trying to skip ahead, but you know the lock is changed in the armory, and they say we'll keep him in there for now, just until we know who or who he's associated with, who he is. And it's all a bit of a ruse to get Saeed locked in there with Henry Gale, uh, and Jack gets double crossed. And there's a wonderful <laughs> moment uh, after this moment where uh, Jack, uh, uh, sorry, John comes along and says. Can I help with anything? Because Jack's cleaning up. And Jack <laughs> yeah. just goes, "Sure." I love that. <laughs> and I was, I was like, "Oh my!" I loved it too. I was like, "Oh my god!" I love them so much. They are such an old married couple. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. just sure. Like, no speech, no like justification. It's just like shut up. Just, just 
no, just no luck. Very good. And he, like, Matthew um, Fox has the usual "I want to drop you yeah. right now" face. <laughs> it's like uh, Johnny Lawrence in Cobra Kai. <laughs> Quiet. Yeah, shut it's, like re- really. I'm yet to watch <laughs> it, but I trust you. Oh, I haven't watched it. It's so funny. It's brilliant. It's like if one of the students pipes up like something, he just goes, shut up, or quiet. It's just brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And I think that's the moment uh, where he realises the players are gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's probably my favourite exchange between John and uh, Jack so far. It just, re- to me, that literally just, especially in these early seasons, sums up their relationship. And how, how much they are alike but differ at the same time. <laughs> Just, can I help? Shut up. <laughs> Jack's such John a is very like call ahead will prevail like all the time, and Jack is just like no. No, I'm just gonna <laughs> just go mental and angry and sweat like bullets at you, John. <laughs> it, it's like the gif in it that's zooming in on Matthew Fox's oh, angry face. That's so good. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hit. That's him. Yeah, that's like him all the time. Literally every situation with John in his early, <laughs> his early seasons, just, 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 <laughs> just quiet fury behind his eyes. <laughs> Matthew Fox likes Terry O'Quinn very much. He just it, it so easily just turns to pure hatred whenever he's with him. <laughs> well, I think Matthew Fox, bless him, burned a few bridges on this show. So you know. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, a lot of some of this anger is real, but you know, those are all rumors, obviously. So, um, I'm just trying to think where we're at now. So, yeah, um, we 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 know the players are in the hands of Saeed, who is now interrogating uh, Henry Gale slash Ben. Um, and this is kind of where I guess I'm, when I said earlier that he's got an answer for everything. But it's like quite convincing answers. So he says that he and his wife Jennifer, they're in a hot air balloon, crossing the Pacific. They crashed four or so months ago on the North Shore. He's very specific. He may or may not drop a bit of a boob when he says he was rich. And Saeed points this out. He's like, you were rich? And he's like, well, yeah, I am now because I'm on an island and I'm lost. Um, but he says his company was, I think, mining non-metallic minerals. So I don't really know what's classed as non-metallic <laughs> minerals, but you know, I guess they're worth something. Um, so that's it. Yeah, Said picks upon the the use mm. of past tense, um, and then Henry says he's thinking of his life in the outside world as something in the past. Um, yeah, it's a good it, cover up, I guess. It is quite a good cover-up, isn't it? Good recovery. It is a good recovery. Uh, and he continues by saying he met his wife at the University of Minnesota, and then they crashed on the island, and Henry starts to claim that she yeah. got sick with the fever and then delirium that resulted in her death, which I think is trying to tie into Russo's belief of the sickness that all her mm-hmm. crew got all that time ago when mm-hmm. she crashed on the island. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it all ties in, and obviously, uh, that's something Ben would know. Um, again, I've, I'm forgetting a lot of the show afterwards, but you know, I'm, I'm fairly certain Ben would be pretty au fait with everything that happened on the island, especially with with Russo, especially yeah. because 
uh, of the familial connection. Um, again, not to not to get into too many spoilers, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it, it's yeah. Like Said is obviously very very good at this, um, but Ben is just as good. Um, I mean, I don't even think even with that little slip up that he makes, I don't know if it is really a slip up. I just think Said's looking for any excuse exactly. Um, like like this is his his sort of catharsis catharsis his his um release of emotion you know i i think if they'd found anybody in that jungle side yeah. he would have tortured them um so yeah he's he's just looking for this for this outlet unfortunately the outlet is ben's face yeah yeah it's ben's face it just me? Um... ben has a very punchable <laughs> face like he does he does doesn't he because i think one of my one of my favourite Ben punching sequences is, I think, season six, and oh, Jack yeah. just wails on him. And I think it's, I think he's guiding him somewhere, mm. and Jack is just suspicious. Of course, we're going to get there at some point, but it's just got to that point where I think I was watching it ten, you know, ten years ago, and I was watching it thinking, when is Ben going to get punched? <laughs> because it's been too long now. And when it happened on episode, I was like, oh, thank God, someone's punched him. You just know that someone on YouTube will have made a compilation of all the times <laughs> Ben's been punched. A bit like ev- a bit like that time someone made Jack Bauer every time he said damn it throughout all eight seasons of 24. And it's like yeah. two minutes Every time ben, game, ben gets punched, <laughs> take a drink. <laughs> so, yeah, take a drink. <laughs> take a shot. You could play a drinking game with it big time. We'll have to do a live sort of... Uh... Watch of an episode, and then yeah. just if if it's a known episode, and Ben gets absolutely pummeled by someone or some people. We'd have to just kind of have a, have a live watch along and drink with it. Get a bottle of whiskey and finish <laughs> it within five minutes. <laughs> I'm up for that. Um, so yeah, the the culmination of this sequence is uh, Said moving in on Ben Henry. Uh, and grabbing one of his fingers and holding the pliers over him, and I have to be honest—it's such a claustrophobic scene the way it's uh, photographed. It's it's amazingly done. It really—it's strange, but it really—it's um, really dimly lit, and the way they light uh, Michael Emerson's face and things like that—he looks really in distress. He looks very physically broken, uh, partially because of supposedly crashing on the island, but more because Saeed's tormenting him the way he is and it like we said it, I think halfway through this is you know it's really trying to put Saeed mm. almost in a bad light <laughs> you know we're really seeing another yeah. side of Saeed I, like I think um, the episode ends with um, with or, sorry it would have ended with Saeed in a in a bad light if there wasn't for one specific shot but again we'll we'll get to it um, like I, yeah, I think you're meant to feel like Said is in the wrong here, um, until until a specific moment. Yes. So, yeah. Whilst so we'll get to this because this is for me the most important. <coughs> well, my favorite bit of the episode and the bit that really brought the Shannon thing to life in a good way rather than a bad way. Yeah. Um, so, Said's still kind of ferociously questioning him and he wants him to kind of recount the specific details of burying his wife which is quite it's very graphic in the way it's explained but it's also I guess 
I don't ever obviously ever want to think it myself, but you'd think it's like a, quite a weird, an intimate thing to have to do, a very harrowing thing to have to do. Um, yeah. So you wouldn't necessarily forget it. You'd remember everything. So he's saying you'd remember every, how many shovels of uh, earth did you put on her? Did you do it with your hands? Things like that. And because of this, he believes he's, you know, he, he's lying basically. But then the tables kind of turn and this was to me such a Ben moment obviously we don't know it yet but it's when he kind of says oh did you lose someone too and it's like it's almost like he's weirdly broken Saeed down without really yeah. having to do anything I yeah. think going forward you realise that Ben really doesn't <laughs> have to try hard to manipulate people he's so yeah. he's so good at it but Saeed breaks down very when he starts recounting not recounting so when he starts asking him demanding about the details he visibly becomes upset, so Ben knows just by not saying anything to him, he knows yeah, eventually just, he's he's got him, he's got him, yeah. and that's it. And yeah, that was the bit for me that really kind of utilized Shannon <laughs> in a good way, <laughs> even though you didn't necessarily. I don't know. It just it 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 was the only time that it's really felt like the right way to portray his grief other than him just moping around like a mm-hmm. emo yeah and they've utilized it to, to develop a story exactly <laughs> it's that's exactly how you want it exactly and then so and even this next bit i know we've joked about it but getting beaten to an absolute pulp was probably all part of his plan in a way because like we say we know he's got him for whatever reason he's instigating something here whether mm. Saeed realises it, well he clearly doesn't realise it but then Saeed gets so angry that he just beats the living <laughs> shit out of him um, whilst this is happening though simultaneously, the lover's tiff right. continues <laughs> on the other side of the door it's so <laughs> good yeah, this is my favourite bit yes, it's amazing this bit, so whilst we've got Saeed and Henry slash Ben you know, a battle of wits I guess, and a, and a li- literally and metaphorically um, Jack begins to take action by holding Locke up against the well he pins him against the wall and he's like look you've changed the combination to this you've <laughs> yeah. the combination it's, it's basically Jack's uh, what you want to get nuts? let's get nuts <laughs> yeah yeah, it's his total Michael Keaton moment isn't it <laughs> yeah it just comes out of nowhere but, as well doesn't it yeah, yeah not but to 100 in two seconds but guess what? The timer starts going down on yeah. the uh, the button as well. Obviously, it's all going to go crazy now. Um, <laughs> and this is where Jack's like, yeah, do you know what? This is... Nothing's going to happen to the, when this goes down. So not only are we expanding the mythology of the others, but we're, we've, we're finding time to bring the Hatch storyline back into the fold as well. And Jack's now like... He said to John, oh, you made me do it before. But I'm not doing it again. Like that's yes. it. It's your it's your button now. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not taking your shit anymore. That is it. Which I thought was it's brilliant. Your baby. But John yeah. looks genuinely terrified. Like there's only a few times when he <laughs> looks genuinely scared, and this is one where he's like, "Give it, you know, I'll let you go if you give me the combination." And then obviously the timers it's screaming in the background. You can hear uh, the punches in the other room. It's it's chaotic. It's manic. Yeah, it's like, the, the whole the whole thing was just so like um, I knew. Obviously, that John was going to get the code in and that it was going to go back to zero or 180. But um, 
yeah, I just I was so tense watching this. It's it's really well done. Just just the music and the blaring the blaring alarm yeah. and Jack with his crazy eyes. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he 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 starts to give him the code, and Jack, Jack's like, <laughs> yeah, "Don't be so yeah. stupid. Do it yourself. You do it." And he kind of throws him at the door, which I'm like, "Oh my god, Jack! What the hell? <laughs> You're really pissed off, aren't you, mate?" Um, so he puts in the thing quickly, and as he runs in to grab Said, Locke runs to the computer and he starts fiddling in the numbers. And it hits zero. And I think I accidentally mentioned this a few weeks back because I couldn't remember. But this is the point when you see the yeah. hieroglyphics yeah. flip up. He bodges uh, it, doesn't and he? Go, and it gets to zero, doesn't it? And he kind of has to backspace, doesn't he? And mm-hmm. re-put in the, he the numbers. <laughs> Twat. And up until this point, up until this point, those hieroglyphics are unknown characters, I guess. You know, on, on that flip chart. Yeah. We've never seen them before. We don't know what they mean. And it almost sounds like you're taking off as well. It sounds yep. like something's booting up in the cogs background. Are yeah. yeah, the cogs are turning. What yeah. what the hell's happening? Oh, this the, like um, yeah, sorry, it's described no, I was say, like, sorry, go on. Because it's been built up over the this season, you know, the the numbers, the computer, the hatch, and all that. This is like it's barely anything. It's it's like a couple of hieroglyphs that mean nothing, but at the same time, it's the most exciting. Yeah. Uh, Revelation that that there has yeah. been a patch. It's so strange. Uh, like the the noises and the hieroglyphs. It's like it's yeah. It's the tiniest little thing, but just just because of the 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 nature of it. And and I think I think in true lost fashion as well. They don't really come back to it for a couple <laughs> more weeks as well, which is the beauty. Which I think is even more brilliant yeah. on their part because it's just like we're going to tease you with this, but. Right now, that's not the central part of the episode. And I'm like, you <laughs> fucking bastards, you clever <laughs> bastards. Um, so, yeah, the symbols are accompanied by the loud sound. I'd guess it sounds like a jet engine. Yeah. Again, um, something something is starting yeah. up, basically. Um, Locke hits the execute button and it does reset and everything goes back to <laughs> some form of normality. Um, oh. Sorry, do we? I was gonna say, do you guys have you guys looked up in terms of what the hieroglyphs? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't actually. Um, so I've just got the the um, the uh, the entry mm-hmm. on Lostpedia, mm-hmm. um, and it's basically it's known as the failure sequence. Okay. Um, in this episode, um, so it says here these hieroglyphs, known as quote folded cloth, curl fire drill, vulture and stick correspond to symbols S29, Z7, U29, G1, Z6 from Gardner's sign list which is Raymond O. Faulkner's A Concise Dictionary of Middle Egyptian it translates a virtually identical sequence Substituting <laughs> U two nine for U two eight as die. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Gardner's Jesus Christ, Gardner's <laughs> Okay. Well, Lindelof, okay. you've done it again. But yeah, th- there is there is meaning behind it. I bet I bet if you actually make Lindelof, <laughs> yeah, either, very like, possibly, yeah, I just it's, made that it's up. a very last thing to do, like, like, like to seem <laughs> mysterious and and full of meaning, and then obviously mean nothing. 
I'm just I've just I've just typed it into Google just to have a look. So Lindelof has said it trans the failure sequence the red and black hieroglyphs from the failure sequence uh, okay. are translated to mean underworld. Um although Carlton Coos has said that the subject to interpretation I mean, I don't know what a like a rocket, a bird I don't know. I don't know what they'd, you know, what's open to interpretation there. But yeah. I like the idea of underworld. Well, that's that could interesting. Be, that does yeah. sort of feed into. Uh, well, they were put in place on mm, purpose, yeah. weren't they, for a particular reason by Dharma when they were installed? So it's it, it might yeah. not be literally. So something like underground could be just like it could be like the um, certain words that they've put to those <laughs> symbols but they might not have any sort of direct connotation to them if that makes sense mm. so bird might not mean bird yeah. necessarily in their in their coding I don't know but. I'm pretty sure as well that hi- hieroglyphs the hieroglyphs turn up not <laughs> as part of the failure sequence as well but we might get to that at some point so th- they could mean a multitude of things I think they do there's a lot of like Egyptian iconography I think in like probably get to like season four and five and probably six as well. They 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 must appear in buildings or structures or walls yeah. and things like that. So yeah, yeah. Well, mm. I can tell it's a very tense sequence. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. And then so I I guess the episode closes and I haven't forgotten about the B plot. Don't worry, but um, uh, do we have to? Yes. <laughs> we can the mention frog. it very quickly. <laughs> no, we'll the frog. But before we get <laughs> we, before we get to the frog, um there is a wonderful shot. Um well, Jack's burst in and stops Saeed from mm-hmm. uh killing him basically. Um Saeed's yelling he's lying, he's lying a few times. And then there's this wonderful shot of Michael Emerson looking all bloody at yeah. them from the armory but it's got that like sinister look on his face yeah that yeah what yeah. what becomes the bend face basically yeah, yeah. that's that's the, the one i meant it's like that's i mean that's how the whole episode sort of turns on its head and you're like oh hang on maybe saeed was onto something <laughs> and wasn't just beating on an innocent man for for a laugh <laughs> and we should know as well that Locke agrees with saeed after this moment mm. you know yeah danielle you know Say, I think Jack says Danielle tortured him. Uh, sorry, tortured Saeed because she thought he was another, and that's when Locke pops mm. up like he does. He just pops up because he he he, he seems to teleport to wherever he needs to piss off Jack, and <laughs> um, he agrees, stating to Russo, "We're all others." So of course she would torture them. <laughs> but yeah, crazy. Oh wait, I forgot as well. So. This last bit was a bit out of place to me, but Saeed's suddenly back on the beach with Charlie, of all people, <laughs> um, explaining what happened in the hatch. And Saeed says, you know, he knows he's he's not one of them, he's another, because he felt no guilt about torturing him, which is kind of where I wasn't when I said, he, you know, is he enjoying it? Maybe that was the wrong way of looking at it, but the fact that he feels no guilt means... He's got no conscience in this respect. He just, you know, he was happy to do it. <laughs> mm. um, 
and he says you know jack and Locke will never understand that feeling because they've forgotten what the others have done to them so he says you know charlie got strung up on a tree they hanged him oh God, yeah. way back when and they, they kidnapped claire the merciless and then he kind of says to charlie as if have you forgotten what the others have done to you yeah uh and it ends there yeah i had forgotten to be honest <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's to remind the audience, isn't it? Do you remember when I strung up Charlie and left him for dead in season one? <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember Tom Cruise's cousin, but somehow magically putting him up a tree. <laughs> it's very good. Random. Was this put in there so that so, we would see that Charlie's not a bad guy again after like a week where he does his Anakin yeah. Skywalker thing? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand why it's him. It has to be. It has to be for a reason why he sent it to him. I guess. Yeah, maybe I can't remember what next week's episode is, so I can't remember <laughs> if it plays into that or not. I don't think yeah. so. I mean, I guess Charlie's the only one who's been directly affected. Um, you know, say say it has because um, Shang was killed running from what she thought was. No, wait. Hang on. No, she was killed by um, Anna Lucia because Anna Lucia thought she was another. It's all very sort of tangentially related. Um, Charlie's Charlie was obviously directly um, involved with with one of the others, I guess. But it's it's it sort of feels a bit strange. It's it's a bit like the the cliffhanger from a couple of weeks ago with Jack and Anna Lucia, you know, raising an army. <laughs> it's it doesn't feel mm, I don't know that they've not really done yet. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> but it 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 feels like a a good line to end an episode on. But if if you think about it for much more, it's like, it's, why would you go to Charlie's side? You know. Hmm. It's a strange one. It is, but, but uh, nonetheless, yeah, it's not a bad way to end the episode. No, no, not at so all. So, bef- I guess we'll just quickly mention the B plot. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's it, intended as a humorous aside. Um, to the dramatic main events in which Say- Sawyer is—is is this the the metafrog now? I don't—I don't know. Like <laughs> it, it just feels like animals torture Sawyer on the island. Why are we getting this? Like <laughs> a this... week after Say- uh, Sawyer, um, you know, did horrible things, like yeah, horrible things to get to usurp some power, and now we're going mm. back to. L- light-hearted comedy relief with 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 Hugo. It I I don't understand it. Like in terms of yeah. no. What I mean maybe Also it must be a very loud frog because again in terms of lost geography. Oh, I I feel like the him and him, him and Haley cover some ground to find this frog. Deep in the forest. And yet he can hit <laughs> Yeah, it's deep in the forest and yet he can't sleep on the beach. I'm like, "Oh, get bugger off, you know what I mean?" <laughs> You know, um, I did quite uh, find it amusing when he asked Jin though to help him find the source, and Jin's like, "Hmm." He walks <laughs> yeah. up, he's like, "What are we not friends anymore?" <laughs> the, see, yeah. that makes sense because of what happened last um, week. You know, yeah, that, exactly. But after, exactly. other than that, it's kind of like, oh, we've got this kind of really weird thing going on with this mm. frog. And, but yeah, I, I guess the only, the only reason um, Hurley is there because. Uh, um, I forgot his name. Sawyer Sawyer finds his sort of secret stash of food, so he's he's blackmailed into yeah. it. But yeah, it's like nobody would would have have anything to do with Sawyer right now. 
um, after yeah. after what happened last week. You know, just take a gun into the jungle, Sawyer, and shoot the frog if you're that <laughs> worried about it. Well, do you know I was? This is one of the things I was going to say. He hears it just after he's confronted Hurley. And he draws the gun, and I was like, that's what he always does. He draws <laughs> does he? the gun on the stew. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, he, go, he goes to his... He's got it down the back of his jeans, and he goes to pull the gun on. I'm like, <laughs> it's a freaking frog. And I'm pretty sure he's pulled a gun on, like, a fly before. <laughs> you know, we should do that. How many times does Sawyer pull a gun on, a, on like, an insect or <laughs> something like that? Um, but, yeah, they catch this tree frog, basically. Um tiny ass frog it doesn't really go anywhere other than that you know Sawyer very maliciously crushes this poor frog hmm. I guess um, we're meant to kind of understand that Sawyer uh, has he's going to show no mercy I don't, I don't know is that um, what they're doing? It doesn't go anywhere because I guess he can sleep now that the tree frog's dead and the tree frog that no one else really heard or paid attention to I don't know Yeah, I, maybe it's just because the rest of the episode is quite quite full on this is a little more light-hearted i guess it's yeah it's just i guess it's something just to break up the tension of the the a plot but it's i mean you could have done something better you know <laughs> yeah and and that's your lot really <laughs> that's, yeah. all I can, that's all i can really say about that there's nothing else happens is it that is that is it just a yeah, that, that is it. Literally, it. they get they get to a certain point in the forest and they crush it and he walks off. And although Hurley's reaction to him doing that's quite funny, he just kind of goes, "Dude." <laughs> yeah. He does it. He does his best, Keanu. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's a, there's very limited um, cast in this episode. There's maybe only six of the main cast. It's a very concise amount of regulars in this episode. We sometimes just get like you know your end scene with the with the whimsical music and they're all on the beach and you get like just the, your glimpses of everyone. Oh, there's Emily Deravin, that's her sort of paycheck, but you know we don't get that at all, <laughs> do we? So um, no, you don't. But I think it it the only interesting bit I thought from the Sawyer and Hurley stuff was obviously Hurley hoarding the food and having some some uh, some potato chips with some ranch dressing, good for seven years. <laughs> um, but we 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 kind of get that kind of. Because we haven't really had this, we haven't had the the the, the microscope mm. on her in terms of his weight and his, and his eating. So it was quite, in a weird way, it's refreshing mm. to see that at last because they've not they've not um, relied on that so much because it's very easy for them to do that. Um, but I think from the flashbacks we know that his eating has is probably stemmed from the fact that his uh, his family life has been more significantly difficult he's got daddy issues like all the others and this is his way of coping so he's clearly struggling here and we do find out a bit more about his past in I think a couple of weeks time I think it's the, the Dave mm-hmm. episode so maybe setting up for that I don't know so that is one of them um, episode 14 in the back next week we're on maternity leave <laughs> Just kidding. That is the oh. name of the episode. Bit of bum bum. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Have we got any notes on this one? All I know is it's a Claire one, obviously. No, sorry, I meant on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, no, my production notes. I said uh, towards the start. Really, I've got nothing else oh, okay. to say. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just other than Michael Emerson's a absolute dude. <laughs> Very and good. A, good is at playing like bad men. Yeah. Did he win an Emmy for his performances in some 
I think he was the yeah, I think he was the only cast member of Lost to win. A lot of them got nominated. Like but... a... They got ensemble awards, didn't they? But I don't. I think yeah. he was the only individual actor that won. I think Terry Quinn might have, must have been nominated for a few. But... Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm just having a quick look at awards and nominations. They got yeah. They they won a lot of. Um, um, like you say, ensemble stuff. Matthew Fox and Naveen Andrews frequent they seem to get Golden Globe nominations, Best Lead Actor and Supporting Actor. Evangeline Lilly got Best Actress. These are all nominations, by the way. They're not actual wins. <laughs> um, Sorry, Evangeline Lilly. Good God. <laughs> For crying. Good at crying. Bless her. Bless her heart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they just they got lots and lots and lots of nominations, but um, I think Michael Emerson was the only one to actually win one of those, <laughs> by the looks of it. Uh, yeah. Oh God! Even Michelle huh. Rodriguez won one at the Alma Awards. What's the Alma Awards? American Latino Media Arts Award. Yeah, of course <laughs> it is. Because she wasn't good enough for the Golden Globe or the <laughs> Emmy, so put in the Latino Awards. Hey, so, did, go, so did Jorge Garcia. He won one too. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah. The Korean Awards. Yeonjin <laughs> Kim and Daniel Day Kim were nominated. There we go. Yeah, shut Terry, up, Terry O'Quinn now. won a Saturn Award, and Matthew Fox did too. <laughs> but I feel like we're going into like awardsception here. I don't know how many awards <laughs> there are. <laughs> So anyway, so yeah, next week it's uh it's called Maternity Leave episode fifteen. It's a Claire episode. So I must admit I can't really remember this one. No, I can't remember it. Um, uh, is this not the one where we see what happened to Claire at with the the Ethan? <gasps> oh, the yeah. Is it that one? Okay, I look forward to that. Oh, okay, I remember. Yeah, this is a good one. I enjoyed this one. And we meet. I think we meet Alex as well in some oh, regard, okay. but fully. Uh, I'm not sure though. Alex. Oh, oh, Alex. Sorry. Yep. It's just come back to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I was like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yes, I remember." Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This this next one's a bit of an info dump in terms of mysteries, isn't it? It's it's kind of expanding a bit more what we didn't know. Okay. Oh, I look forward to I'm that. Exci- I'm excited now. I'm excited now. And other than that, as always, stay safe, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining me, chaps. No problem. Thank you. Thank you, as always. And speak next week. Bye.